Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared. Down below here, we have the one and only South Jersey Slasher. Brian, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing on this dreary Friday night? Dude, I'm home, so it can rain all at once. I'm happy to be here after my crazy fucking week. How was the weather in Georgia? Was it hot? It was muggy, so not really That's hot. Right. Like, it was... Honestly, I didn't spend a lot of time outside. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, you're home. Oh, where you should be. Damn right. There you go. Well, I How's did that pizza tonight. Oh, it was good. Pizza was yeah. pizza was fantastic. It hit the spot. Yeah. I got my iced coffee now, ready to go nice. over uh, the Battle of the Titans. <laughs> mm, you know, normally when we uh, would do Freddy versus Jason, I would be like, "Yeah, Jason," but this movie, yeah. Yep, Ronnie. You've... I I I would take ten Jason X's over this. <sighs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I did a lot of work on our upcoming project. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's coming together nice. So we got that done. Now I'm just gonna work on a couple things before you put the whole thing together. Nice. I mean, I'm anxious uh, to see the final product. Me too. But work a lot of hours going into this shit. I wasn't yeah, expecting yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it'll be worth it in the end. Yeah. It's 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 coming out to be pretty something unique. Yeah. Good. Good. So, we got any short news for us this week? What do we got going you know, on? I have not had time to really go through news. It was busy at work this no, week. No, you so. haven't. You got shit going on at work and at home. <laughs> well, actually, today turned out to be good because they didn't have to break anything up. They were able to clear through that line today. Oh, good. Very good. Yes. Good to hear. Yeah. But tomorrow I'm going shitter shopping. Uh. <laughs> So I'm going to get a new uh, porcelain throne. Just don't get a gold one. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> uh, I saw one made of skulls, which was pretty cool. It was like PVC skulls. It was like okay. all epoxy. Pretty cool. I mean, I don't really want to see through toilet, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it had like plastic skulls and a whole epoxy base. Okay. Pretty different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I really have not looked at any really horror news other than um, uh, just The Exorcist, how it's going to be coming out in October, and we should be getting a trailer soon. Yeah, they, they released some footage from it, or yeah. images, I should say. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll see. I watched, um, because Dave and I are doing a review of 2010's The Crazies. Have you ever seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that. Couple nights ago, and my boy Timothy Oliphant's in it, and um, yeah, I forgot how good it was. I liked it. I like and, Timothy uh, Oliphant. He does. A he's he's great. He yeah, could do he's, a lot. He's like Michael Shannon, so underrated. And he wouldn't be a horrible Kruger, but I think he's just too pretty for it. Yeah, but he's gonna be under makeup. It's true. <laughs> but I think he's got the eyes for it. Yeah, and he's he can he he can do a lot of different things. He's his. He's like one of those actors that really gets in their roles. He could play a really good marshal or a scummy porno director slash boyfriend. So or a paper salesman. Paper salesman, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I non-horror, I watched the latest trailer for The Flash. I am so anxious for it, not because of I know. Ezra Miller, but because of because Michael of Keaton. Michael Keaton, yeah. I know, I'm excited. That's probably why I'll yeah. watch it. I gotta figure out time to go see Guardians. That's coming out next weekend, I think. Is it really? Yeah. And you know, I haven't seen too much promotion for it, although it looks I fucking great, but I, I have don't a, watch TV. I have a feeling so. it's gonna be a little tearjerker. Yeah, it's the last one. So we do see. have uh Oh, I did watch the trailer for Insidious. That looks good. I know. Uh, really good. The Evil Dead Rises looks like it's killing it. Um, yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, I'll wait for video just because uh, I got a lot of shit going on with the yeah. haunts and everything. Then um, we have a title for the new Conjuring movie. That oh, was it called Last Rites. Ooh, do you know what it's going to be about? Nobody does. <laughs> I'm guessing some kind of exorcism. Yeah, but I feel like we've already done that, though, twice, three times. Oh, we're going to keep doing it. That's what yeah. Ed and Lorraine did. 
I, you know, I, I think they did it the service. I really would have loved this to have seen the Conjuring Amityville story, but maybe in the TV show. Yeah. Doing, yeah. You know, oh, well, maybe there wasn't so. much of a show about it. Yeah, I guess not. I did watch the High Medieval Horror remake. Oh, the one with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It's not bad. It, no. it, it takes place because you had that one dude write the book, then you had the doctor come in with his weird Indian idea. So mm-hmm. it takes after that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although, like, I wonder where they shot. Do you know where they shot that movie at? The remake? Yeah. I think Canada. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know who's um who's um screen debut was in that movie? The girl. Um the daughter. Yeah, yeah Chloe Chloe Grace Moretz. Yep, that's him. Yeah. She's funny. I like her. Yeah, yeah. I love her as Hit Girl in Kick Ass. Yeah. Yeah. I liked yeah. her in uh Neighbors Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, was yeah, fucking yeah, funny yeah. in that. What'd you think of her portrayal as Carrie? I never watched it. It wasn't bad. I, I didn't I didn't it. really get into that. Okay. Like I like Carrie, but not enough to start watching the remakes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, so our friends who ran the horror, um, the iHeart Horror Day. Yeah. They are doing a halfway to iHeart Horror. If they reached out to me, it's gonna be up in Old Bridge. Um at a really nice venue, they're gonna have three bands. They got twenty vendors so far. It's a halfway to I Heart Horror Day, so they asked me if I wanted to come out. That's cool. Look at that. Yeah, so July twenty ninth. July twenty ninth. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Yeah, I'd have to work on getting up there and pushing pushing yeah, stuff. Get it. Get a table. Same. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'll reach out to them. See how much a table would be. You know. Yeah, so. I have a table cover I never got to use. There you go. Dick, dick, dick. All right, moving on from that, uh, we went somewhere this weekend. Yeah, we went to Blairstown, New Jersey. We did. We ate the diner. It was your first time at the diner. Very uh, good. I got to go yeah. back for this Wagyu burger. Yeah, I think we should just for like a, a Saturday, you know, this time get Irene to come out yeah. and uh, try the burger. She don't like us. She doesn't. She just keeps getting us for work <laughs> shit. Yeah. So what you think if of, ribs you... aren't on the menu, Irene's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> or your meatloaf wrapped in bacon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what did you think of the diner and the food? It was good. You had your omelet? It was good? I had my omelet. I'm a big omelet aficionado. It's, oh, yeah? it's okay. my pretty much go-to when I hit diners. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just a runny eggs and, and home fries type I, I, of guy. I don't, I don't mind that either. I'm always good for a runny egg and some home fries. Yeah, yeah, he's, we, he's uh, got me talking about this Wagyu burger. Yeah, should try it. And I think he's got a bison burger too. Yeah, yeah, you were about the Wagyu. Yeah, I'm more about the. So yeah, we uh, ate diner and we got to talk with the uh, general manager, Mike. Very awesome and, guy. Um, oh, you know what? I don't have my coffee cup on me. I was I would show it on screen. Oh, um, oh everyone yeah. saw the posts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I took you and Terry around town and um, we had a great day. Uh, we met with Dave Brown and his daughter. We had ice cream and the weather. <laughs> it was a lot warmer than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah brian needs to learn to read the after like 6 a.m yeah exactly here i am in pants and a hoodie and i was sweating like it was a, a summer day but uh yeah it's um you know we did some footage and i think it'll it'll come out good of course it's our first one so we'll learn from it for uh you know the, the ones in the future um yeah so that will come out soon so i can't wait to see i love your little um the transitions are really cool. Oh yeah, they're coming out nice. I really, I really like the last one you sent me. I think that's the that's the one. You know, yeah, like, it's it's good. That, yeah, because I wanted something corny and goofy, like the Batman mm-hmm. cutscenes, or yeah, like other people that do filming locations have little cuts. So I was like, yeah, let's make this funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I added some nostalgia with those sounds. Yes, you did. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, the, yeah. What did you use? What um? How did you make them? I stole the picture, cut the picture, and then I animated it on uh, DaVinci. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. So, like, I was able to do your rotating Batman and all that. That was that was actually easier than I thought. 
Oh, good, good, good. So now you're just working on the credits, right? Yeah, I want to do a nice credit at the end. I'll probably throw our intro in and then just lead us to the diner. Nice. Awesome. Sounds awesome. And I have, to see it. I have your clips to put in the frame where we are, so... Mm-hmm. Very cool. And um, yeah, so speaking of like Jason Voorhees, you know, um, someone that we know, and I'll keep it on the DL, reached out to me about Friday 13th during the nighttime. So uh, I'm going to be like a zombie that day, but I'm going to go and do it. So that's, uh, that's yeah, awesome. We'll have to start advertising that when we get closer. I'll, yeah, as as I'll, I'll make a promo video just for you, big guy. Well, I was thinking of like, um, you know, doing some video. So, um, like, you know, me in the woods and stuff, I'll have Irene shoot it and I'll send it to you. Yeah, we can do that. So, yeah. But I think that, I mean, that, and, you know, it's really cool because I had sent a message to them January or February of 2020 asking if I can come out for a night. And of course, we all know what happened that year. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, all right. Now, yeah, maybe I'll make that the night we had there. Yeah, and you know, and you know, at first when I said I don't think I could do it, he said, "Do you know any like legit cosplayers in the area?" I said, "In that area, I am the only one. There is no Jason cosplayers in New Jersey. Um, I mean, there's there's one uh, who gets like the clothing from my from J three Jason costumes, but you know, he he." he's he's uh you know i don't know like he doesn't really go to convention i was like yeah i'm really the only one and because the rest are like in new york or you know where i mean the closest ones i know are like six hours away from blairstown oh wow yeah yeah so yeah that'll be fun if i can work it out i'll I'll arrive this i think you'll be able to i think you'll be able to work it out with your schedule We'll see. I see some of the haunts are starting to do their um like weekend halfway to Halloween, but one I think they had to cancel this weekend because of the weather. Field of Terror had to cancel. Yeah. Um uh tomorrow night, Lincoln Mill Haunted House is open in Maniunk, Pennsylvania, Philly. And then the following weekend I will be at Kim's Crypt in uh PA. Field of Screens will also be open, Brighton Asylum will be open. A ton open for halfway to Halloween. It's a fun That's time cool. to go and have fun. Nice, nice. The biggest thing I would say is get the most bang for your buck. Some are only opening two houses. Some are opening three. If you've already been the one, go to another one. But, but I mean, I usually try to make the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, once, once, I think once June is over with, that's when the countdown begins. Yeah. That's when I'm making our yeah. schedule. I'm, reaching out to all these haunts and our biggest yeah, I mean, focus is new ones. We want to get yeah. places we haven't been, but yeah. there's so many that I have to go back to. Yeah. Just because of all the changes made and, you know, partnerships and friendships and just. So only half are going to be new, but mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. other half I go to are basically new every year. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely. Um, I hope I can experience Reaper's Revenge with you this year if your schedule, you know, because October's gonna be busy for me. Because October seventh, I'm doing um a fundraiser for Ashley Pages at her where she lives for the rescue. The thirteenth, uh, you know, Blairstown and the nighttime thing. And I feel like there's something the fourteenth, but I I don't know. If I had um, to guess, it's either gonna be September twenty ninth or October sixth. Okay. Well, I'll keep those two Saturdays open. Yeah, if we could work it out, it's a long day. It's a call out of work day. <laughs> oh, you're gonna go on a Friday? Is that a Friday? Yeah, it's a Friday. Oh, Irene, you gotta leave. And we're it's in Scranton, right? Yep. Okay. All right. We'll work That's not on too that. Far from... No, we'll yeah. work on it. We'll see what's up. I'm okay. actually having him on the show soon. Nice. Yeah, nice. So I'll be able to get that info out of him. Cool. All right. You ready to uh, get oh, the boxing gloves on? I'm ready to do it, baby. <laughs> yeah, I got my one. Well... There, there we, we go. go. The war. <laughs> the tail of the tapes. All right, guys. As you can tell from the thumbnail, we are going into Freddy vs. Jason. And now and this, this is the one. This is the one time where I'm going to be on Freddy's side because. 
this movie was atrocious in my opinion. To me, it's a nightmare movie. It is, yeah. And it, now, could, on, it could have been done a lot better on Jason's side. Really no, I forget. In the um, Freddy documentary, did they have this in it? Too? Yeah, it's in there. Yeah, okay. All right, so Freddy vs. Jason 2003. Ready for Jason's a 2003 American slasher film, unfortunately directed by Ronnie Yu and written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. It is a crossover between A Nightmare on Elm Street and a Friday the 13th franchises. I'm going to look up and see what Ronnie Yu has done. I know he did Bride of Chucky. I want to see what other garbage he's made. That's pretty much it, other than really? uh, over, over the Sea. Yeah, like he yeah. did the... Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did Warriors of Virtue. Woo! Yeah, it's all he's done. He's pretty much predominantly in his homeland making those mystical martial arts movies. Yeah, like, why was he the choice is what I'll never understand. And it might be in here later, but he never watched any of the movies. No, he hasn't. He didn't know anything about... So you're... First mistake right there. Yeah, you're just pissing all over both characters' legacies that built the fucking studios. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about the casting debacle on Howard Stern. I remember where it was like, you know how like your parents always say when something tragic happens, you always remember where you were. Like I remember where I was on 9-11. I remember where I was back in like in 2002. When, when, they they when they fucked over Kane Hodder. When they announced that Kane Hodder wasn't going to be on it. Was, uh, I was listening to Howard Stern, and there was an interview that Kane had did uh, about, you know, not being involved in Freddy versus Jason. And, you know, Kane's not my favorite Freddy, or I'm sorry, favorite Jason, but he's an ambassador for the franchise. He yeah, should have been it. it he there, there's been. no doubt. You have... You have uh, the two biggest stars, horror stars of the 80s, and this was in developmental hell for 13, 87, 13, and then add another three, 16 years, basically, it took to get this movie done. How are you not going to cast Kane Hodder to go against Robert England? Right. You know, it's uh, this, that was the, the number one mistake other than hiring Ronnie Hugh to do Freddy versus Jason is not have Kane Hodder. And it's all because he was the same size as Robert England. Come on. doesn't matter how tall you are. It's the man who's playing Jason. Yep. And you know? that it, it fucked up. It really did. Yeah. It hurt the movie. And I'm not going to blame Ken Krasniger because no, 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 no. I, he took direction from the director. That's how he acted. You know, Ronnie so. Hugh wanted Jason to be, the casts or the the customers. Oh, I want Jason to win. That's mm -hmm. why they went with Ken Kersinger. That's yeah. why they eluded from Kane Hodder. They say the height. They wanted to make Jason more of a pussy, and you couldn't do that with Hodder. Yeah, and I didn't like. I did not like the way he looked from top to bottom. You know, they wanted him to be like Frankenstein. The the yeah. You know. Jason doesn't wear platform shoes. Frick, Ken Krasinger is like six nine without those goddamn things on. Six five. So, is he only six five? Yep. No, I think that's wrong. I think your information is wrong because I met him and he was pretty tall. He was like Tyler Main tall. Oh, it says six five here. I think uh, Wikipedia is wrong. That's fine. Because um, when I met Tyler Main, I was like, "How tall are you?" He's like six nine, and Ken's pretty up there too. Regardless, he was Kane's stunt double in Jason Takes Manhattan yes. for the. The one scene where you threw and, him through a diner, right? Well, he was unmasked in the diner scene. He was the cook after Jason broke through the door and Jason throws him through like the mirror. Mm -hmm. But the scene where Rennie takes the, the car in the alley and he, she thinks that's Jason. She sees Jason and it ends up getting to a car crash and killing the teacher. Yeah, that was Ken Krisinger who took the car bump. Oh, OK. Yeah. But um. You know, I people were excited for this movie. You know, I mean, if you read Titans of Horror, really good book on uh, I think it was 17 drafts that it went through before we got this. And each draft, it took a little a little bit from each one. And I'm not you know, I'm happy with what we got, because if you read some of these drafts, some of them were good. 
some of them were really bad, like them actually fighting in hell. And um, they, they had um, the ring announcer, Michael Buffer, like a like a zombie Michael Buffer being the ring announcer. And in the audience, you had Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad with what we got. But this is your typical early 2000s. You didn't give a shit about the cast. They, there was no character development. It's horrible CGI. Yeah, terrible CGI. Yeah, and I mean, I really like the story. I like the concept, but the execution was horrible. Yep, I agree. Because they even squared off the mask a little bit to make him look like Frankenstein. <sighs> yeah, it's horrible, horrible. That's why you don't see too many Freddy versus Jason cosplayers, and yeah. the ones that I do see are good. It's just that's one cosplay I'll never do because I don't I don't like it. I uh, gotcha. Yeah. All right, you look good though. Yeah, with the biggest glove ever made for a thing. <laughs> Thing's fucking huge. It is, yeah. Plot. Since his last defeat, Freddy Krueger has been in hell and unable to invade children's dreams, as the adults of Springwood have gone to extremes to make sure their children have forgotten him. Using his remaining power, Freddy resurrects Jason Voorhees. Appearing as Jason's mother, Pamela Voorhees, he manipulates Jason into killing the teens of Springwood to create fear in the townsfolk that Freddy has returned, which would allow him to regain his strength. Did have a cool kill, though. Which kill? Uh, oh, I'll beginning? read that after the... Oh, okay. uh, now, um, just so Mrs. Voorhees, um, they did try asking Betsy Palmer to come back and... This is before she started doing conventions and knew how big the franchise was. And she said, hell no. And, you know, she after she went to her first convention, she wished she did, did yeah. that little cameo. Yeah, it would have taken her 10 minutes. Yeah. She could have bought a new car. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lori Campbell, who lives with her widowed father, has a sleepover with her friends Kia and Gibb. They are later joined by Trey, Gibbs' emotionally abusive boyfriend, and his friend Blake. Jason enters the house and murders Trey, and the police sus suspect Freddy. All right, so let's... Okay, so you like this kill, the bed kill? Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, it was so hokey looking. Dude, when they snapped his <laughs> ass up, that was awesome. The kills were so... Uh, like... This is, I didn't like any, I don't think I liked any of the kills. Maybe the one where he's like trying to rape her and he spears her, you know? But what is he, what is he, he accordions him and then I think, does he break his, does he break his neck? No, he no, stabbed he, the shit out of him and then yeah, he shut right. the bed. Yeah. Well, even before that, we see Gibb in the shower and I learned a couple years later that really wasn't. Stump um, double. Actress. Yeah. Because she has a no nudity clause. Cause yeah. Gibb. Aside from Lori, Gibb was like my second runner up for She Was Hot. Oh, yeah. 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 And, let's, and uh, Lori was really nice looking too. Lori was amazing. Yeah. But she really didn't do good in this movie. She was kind of bad. Yeah. And I've seen her in other shit where she was fine. So I don't understand mm -hmm. what the problem was with this movie. Yeah. After a nightmare, Blake awakens to find his father decapitated by Jason who then Blake kills himself. Who then kills Blake himself. The police call it a murder-suicide the following day, hoping to conceal Freddy's return from the rest of so, the town. Yeah, so Blake, he's like, I think he's, he falls asleep, and like Freddy, like... He runs out to the street. Freddy, Freddy does, like, Freddy does that scare. horrible CGI thing. Comes up, oh, I'm okay! And then goes running back to the house. Terrible right. acting. The dad's I'm head falling off was kind of funny. Yeah. Not strong enough yet. <laughs> I'll let Jason have his fun. Because <laughs> this could have been so fucking good. Because we waited for it. We talked about this shit in schoolyards, man. Like, we waited for this movie forever. Yeah, ever since uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Well, even longer. Because it was been talked about since fucking... Probably like eighty seven when they put yeah, out. Yeah, but it three. wasn't until yeah, but it wasn't until Jason goes to hell, um, that fans were like, "Oh yeah," because Freddie gets the the hockey mask. Yeah, but the Freddie goes to hell. Jason goes to hell happened because this movie got delayed again. Well, yeah, because at the time you had New Line Cinema that yeah. owned Freddie and Paramount owned 
um, Jason. And when you have two fact, two warring companies, who gets what and the royal, like it was really messy. So that's one of the reasons it took so long because they couldn't come to an agreement. And then New Line needed to make a movie using the because they just acquired the Jason license, right? So and then they made they got they when they acquired Jason, they had the rights. They had everything, but they couldn't use Friday the 13th. Right. That's why it was... Jason goes to hell. To hell, Jason X, Freddy versus Jason. Um, and the only reason they made Jason X was to continue to have the rights so they can do a Freddy versus Jason. Yep. Craziness. It's crazy mm-hmm. shit behind the scenes. When they could have just came together, made a great movie using both resources, and split the shit in half. Yeah. You would have made more than you probably did with this. And this movie mm-hmm. made a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. All right. Elsewhere, Lori's ex-boyfriend Will Rollins and his friend Mark Davis forcibly institutionalized at the Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital. They are made to take hidden cell to suppress their dreams because of their previous contact with Freddy. A news report about the killings prompt them to escape and return to Springwood to warn Lori about Freddy. That night, Lori and the others attend a rave in a cornfield. Freddy tries to kill Gib in a nightmare, but Jason kills her first in the real world. Oh, she was mine! (laughs) Along with others at the rave, angering Freddy who realizes that Jason's killing spree will deny him victims. And this is where we get our Wish.com, Jay and Silent Bob, like... Oh, that fuck, why? They made fun of that. They made fun of that in... um, Never sleep again. They actually got Jason Muse on. Oh, like, I'm I'm this dude. Wait, no, no, I'm not. That's funny. Like, yeah, and when he breaks the guy's neck, again, horrible CGI. Why does it come all the way around? And then he's still like move eh. the worst the worst shit that pissed me off about this movie was the aerosol blood. Oh yeah. Did we uh, need to hook compressors up to fake blood? Every kill, yeah. yeah. Like, well, you he know, slashed I, him here, and it sprayed, like, 15 it was like fucking feet. A, like the Monty Python movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess it works, you know, I guess, like, in Asia, in Asia, in Asian movies, that's big. Blood's big, you know? Oh, and, it makes sense, because Kill Bill had that scene with the, the Asian gang. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then, like, when he's walking through the cornfield, it could have been cooler if he wasn't like a robot yeah <laughs> but you didn't even see him that all you saw him was do this yeah because they kept him on fire too fucking long right right i don't man why the fuck are you at a rave like i was uh, still big in the early 2000s but your boyfriend just died your boyfriend oh Oh yeah, Gib. Well, you know what? He was abusive, so fuck him. Yeah, that's true. He was Yo, a fucking prick. Like she tries to kiss him, babe. You know, like when you after you smoke or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna go take a shower. Good, your hair smells like menthols. <laughs> All right, so we got Will, Lori, and Kia escape the rave with child with school nerd Charlie Linderman and stoner Bill Freeberg. I met Charlie Linderman. He's actually from New Jersey. Oh, is he? He's from, he's from North Jersey. I met him at Monster Mania. I met him. And hey, he's been um, other shit too, right? Oh, he's been. He was my favorite role of his is in um, Just Friends with uh, he plays Brian Reynolds' little brother. Oh Here's yeah, him. yeah. It was a little asshole. Yeah, yeah. Their their chemistry together was great. Yeah, I met I met him and um. The actor Labine Tyler Taylor, who played the escapee, he escaped with Will. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I met him. He's actually the younger brother brother of Tyler Labine or Taylor Labine. Yeah, I met him at Monster Mania. Real cool guys. After dropping off the latter three in a confrontation with Doctor Campbell, who was responsible for having Will and Mark committed the Weston Hills over Will's certainty that he saw Lori's father murder her mother. So they dropped off the kids, and Lori, Mark tries to take Lori home, and they run into her dad. Will and Lori leave and head to Mark's house, only to see him get killed by Freddy. Pretty cool scene. He shows mm-hmm. he falls asleep, and you see his brother, also known as um, Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas. He had yeah. yellow eyes. Um, Zach Ward. 
exact word. Yeah. Comes out of a pool of blood, looking like yeah. he killed himself, and then they Freddy leaves a burn mark in it. This is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Not bad kill, not bad kill. Uh, Deputy Scott Stubbs. That was a funny fucking scene after the murder. He pulls up, do you kids need some assistance? What <laughs> the fuck do you think? I, you know, it's funny because Lachlan Monroe, he's, he was like real big during that time frame. He but was. I'll, I'll forever remember him in Scary Movie where he played the, um, the jock. It was, uh, the takeoff of, um. I know what you did last summer. Uh, yeah. I just can't think of the, uh, Ryan. Felipe or Felipe. Felipe yeah. yeah. And he had the small penis. <laughs> he had the Polaroid. <laughs> and he's like, I forget the terminology, but it's like, it's a metal condition, all right? <laughs> I remember him in uh, Dead Man on Campus. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Was, they... he, was he the roommate of the guy or no? He was one of the roommates because he was in it for it, but he was funny at that. Okay. All right, so Deputy Scott Stubbs, believing Jason is a copycat killer, makes contact with Lori and her friends, who deduce Freddy's plan. Learning about Hypnocell, they try to get it from Weston Hills. However, Freddy possesses Freeberg. <laughs> yeah, he comes in as the worm, right? Yeah. Yeah, he comes in as like the worm looking like from Alice in Wonderland. Yes, the Alice in Wonderland weed worm or whatever the yeah. fuck he's on. <laughs> Using him to dispose of the medicine. Jason arrives and electrocutes Stubbs. Freddy uses the possessed Freeberg to tranquilize Jason, causing him to fall asleep after slashing Freeberg in half. Yeah, but I like Jason that kill. Fucked him up, man. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Doosh! You just see body parts fall over. Yeah, yeah. Reminiscent of the cartwheel dude in three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I know my shit. Yeah, okay. The teens devise a plan to pull Freddy from the dream world into reality and force him to fight Jason. Bringing the unconscious Jason back home to Camp Crystal Lake, where the real estate is in development. And I like that aspect. Yeah, like that, they're building yeah. on, they know Jason's gone, gone, because right. he's in hell. Freddy fights Jason in the dream world where he discovers that Jason has a subconscious fear of drowning. And this is, uh, okay, this scene, I was like, Boing, 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 like a pinball machine. I really hated that. I know, like, Freddy can do whatever he wants in a dream world, but again, to me, it was hokey. And here's the thing. Jason's not afraid of the water. Have you not watched any of... He freaking swam from Crystal Lake to New York's Harbor. That's the problem <laughs> we have with Ronnie You, It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, the dude spent most of his fucking life in the water. I don't think yeah. he's afraid of it. Yeah, maybe as a, ch I mean, I, I, I get it, like, I mean, technically he didn't drown, you know, because we learned after in part two, he didn't drown, but, come on, he's, he did a slumber chain to the bottom of the lake, too. Yeah. Um, I don't buy it. Some people are like, oh, you know, it's because he drowned, and I'm like, well, yeah, I get part of it. But he's not, like, afraid. Oh, motherfucker walked right to the boat in six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't it. know, man. Yeah, that, that was a big loophole that was weird. Freddy uses this to his advantage, and Jason becomes afraid, reverting to his younger self. Lori goes to sleep to pull Freddy out and save Jason. As Freddy tortures Lori in the dream world, revealing that he murdered her mother... Always had a thing for the whores in this house. But let's also get back to the dream when it was Freddy who actually drowned him. Yeah. But then Freddy was also boning the, the dead the, the dead counselor too. Yeah. I like so Freddy was Freddy so Freddy was a camp counselor at Crystal Lake and that's their connection. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. Ryan. No, that was it was just a dream. Freddy controlled the dream. That's why he yeah. was there. But, but yeah, but he was drowning Jason, though. Like, in the dream, in Lori's dream, it was. No, no, no. No, it wasn't that he, that's what he happened. Drowned, was... He drowned because the counselors were too busy. Right, that's what sex. really happened. But th this wasn't supposed to be like a flashback. I know, but it pissed me off that Freddie was a culprit. Get the hell but it, it's not a flashback. It's just a dream. 
I know, but whatever. I don't like it. Stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving it on. Been, it, it should have been a Nightmare on Elm Street featuring Jason Voorhees yeah. or with a special appearance by Jason Voorhees. It's true. <laughs> Lurie is awakened and pulls Freddy into the physical world where he is confronted by Jason in a cabin. Now, and that was cool. I don't know I, if you ever... I, that was cool. Because Freddy the, wakes the, up uh, and goes, what the fuck? And then the music starts. That's when I was like, all right, all right. Yeah. And I, but but when Jason was like dragging him through like each section of the cabin through the windows, uh-huh. I'm like, dude, any human being would be destroyed at this point. Well, he's Freddy. Yeah, but he's not in the dream world. He still has superpowers in the real he world. He does not in the real Listen, world. Ronnie, you never watched any of this. So guess <laughs> what? He can do whatever the fuck he wants. But here's something I found out. And I, I watched that. it and I proved it. You know someone goes through a movie in every Friday. Everyone, Someone goes through a window in every Friday the 13th movie. Or two. Um, One, two, three. Yeah. Every movie someone goes through a window. Trying to think five, yeah. Six. Who went up oh, six? Yep. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Eight. Mm-hmm. Trying to think part eight. I'm chasing Tex Manhattan. Yeah, on the cruise ship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jason goes to hell. Yeah, but what about Jason X, though? Oh, I got to hey. watch that again. Well, technically, yes. Yep, never mind. Because she goes, this sucks. Because she, she's the. The window breaks from like the airlock or something. No, something happens where something hits the window and they have to hit the airlock and the uh, girl gets sucked out. Yep. Okay, look at that. Look at that. Little knowledge you didn't know. <laughs> I found that out last year or my last rewatch of the series. Okay. Freddie and Jason fight throughout the campgrounds during which Jason kills Kia. How sweet. Uh, dark meat. And some other things, too. But let's get back to Kia real quick. This casting was garbage. I hated Kelly Rowland in the role. We didn't talk about her her nightmare where Freddie, like, oh, cut her nose her off. Oh, her nose off with the horrible oh, that CGI. Was, oh, oh, I got your nose. Like, that was horrible. But, yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, she says some not-so-PC comments to Freddie. And that's when I really saw how big his glove was. In oh, that. yeah. <laughs> but... It was great because he was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then she like sees Jason, and that was a horrible kill too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I think I was happy when she died. Yeah, I was okay with it. Yeah. Freddy uses the construction site to gain the upper hand and cuts off Jason's fingers, allowing Freddy to take his machete. As Freddy is slicing away at Jason, Lori distracts him before Jason punches his fingerless hand through Freddy's torso. So, my f- two favorite scenes at- they're missing here is when Freddy's throwing over the uh, rebar mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. send it into it. That was a cool scene. I like that. And I, I like the when he was hitting like the uh, CO2. Oh, uh, the and- missiles. Yeah, Missile that was launch. cool too. <laughs> those were cool. I like that. Those rebar were fucking Jason up. And then he sent yeah. that concrete thing coming. Mm. Mm-hmm. But again, all that blood. And Jason doesn't bleed. He's a fucking zombie. Yeah. Not zombie. Undead. Okay. Jason doesn't Jason doesn't eat brains. Alright. I'm I'm sorry. I he's a he's a, re- he's a reverent a reverent being. A reverent being. Okay. Well he yes. should we know he ble- bleed green because we've seen it in other movies. I mean, so it's not, yeah. It's not predator though. But it was still green goo coming out of him. I know. Yeah, from like the sludge from being in the Yeah, the they should have had green coming out of him. Yeah, but then again, you gotta watch the fucking franchise to see these little nuances. Mm-hmm. Like, what if Rachel Talladay took this on, or even even better? Um, yeah, but look at what we got with who Freddy did six? Dead. Tom Tom McLaughlin. That would have worked. Well, you know, Tom McLaughlin is credited for rejuvenating the franchise. Yeah, and even you know, um, Ron um, Beekler. Carl Beekler, John Carl Beekler, he did part seven. I mean, the MPA double destroyed his final cut, but still would have been better. And I guarantee you, everyone that directed a Nightmare or anyone that directed a Friday knew about the other character because they yeah. were at the competition. 
Yep. So they watched every fucking thing. How even Guillermo del Toro, or was it Guillermo del Toro, or no, um, Peter Jackson even wrote a script. So, and yeah. I, I think uh, Adam Marcus even wrote a script too. So I would have been all right with that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was financial. I think they wanted to be cheap. Yeah. All right, let's continue. Freddy retaliates by plunging Jason's machete into his side, and Jason rips Freddy's gloved arm off. Lori and Will set the dock on fire, causing numerous propane tanks to explode and throwing Freddy and Jason in the lake. Lori and Will embrace as Freddy makes his way to them on the dock and is about to kill the couple when Jason's machete, with Jason's machete, but he is impaled by Jason with his clawed arm, allowing Lori to behead Freddy with the machete. Jason falls off the dock and Freddy's head and body sink into the lake, both seemingly dead. After dropping the machete where Jason submerged, Lori and Will leave. How, like, Jason resurfaced as, like, the hero kind of pissed me off because that's not Jason Voorhees. Yeah, but every movie like that needs your anti-hero, like Alien vs. Predator. While people wanted that concept... I was like when the predator teamed up with the human, you know, and like broke off the alien's tail and it was like a weapon for her. Every story needs that anti-hero and you weren't going to get it out of Freddy because he double crossed Jason. Yep. So plus, you know, Jason won that fight regardless of what people say. He did. Freddy's got no fucking head. So, I mean, You know, and it was funny because I remember the rumor mill that different theaters would have different endings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, those diehard, like, I wasn't, I mean, I was a fan of the franchise, but not like a diehard then as I am now. Now, if I was a diehard 20 years ago, was it 20 years ago? 2003? Yeah. Um, I probably would have went to a couple different movie theaters just to see if there was a different (laughs) ending. But have you ever seen the alternate ending to this? No. I don't think I did. So instead of Jason coming out of the lake, it's like the next day and Will and Lori are canoodling and Will starts stabbing her with Freddy's glove. I and, did see that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad we got what we did um, with you know Jason coming out of the lake. And that was a reshoot too because the original ending was that alternate ending and Douglas Tate, who actually was the stunt double for James Drew Courtney in the Halloween movies for certain scenes, uh, did the Jason scene. Hmm. So, but yeah, the following, the following morning, Jason emerges from the water, holding his machete and Freddie's severed head. Freddie winks and his laughter is heard in the background, leaving the winner ambiguous. Uh, of course he knows Jason, because he had his whole body. Yep. Were we you got... happy with that ending? No, but I'm a Freddy you wanted, guy. You, so. wanted, yeah, you wanted Freddy. Now, I just wish we could turn back time and, you know, but then we would have this whole paradox. You know, the Doc Brown paradox. <laughs> Doc Brown paradox. So we got Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Ken Kersinger as Jason Voorhees. Spencer Stump as young Jason Voorhees, Monica Kina as Lori Campbell, Kelly Rowland as Kia Wooderson, Jason Ritter, John Ritter's son as Will Rollins, Chris Marquette as Charlie Linderman, Lachlan Monroe as Deputy Scott Stubbs, Catherine Isabel as Gibbs Smith, also the star of... Damn, what was the name of that movie? Where she turned into a werewolf. Uh, Ginger uh, Snaps. Ginger Snaps, yeah. I, I saw the first two. I never saw like the third one. No, I liked it. I, I only saw the first one. I liked it. Mm. Brandon Fletcher is Mark Davis. Zach Ward is Bobby Davis, Mark's older brother. Kyle Labine is Bill Freeberg. Chris Gator is Shaq. David Cope is Blake. Jesse Hutch is Trey Cooper. Tom Butler is Dr. Campbell. Gary Chalk as Sheriff Williams and Paula Shaw as Pamela Voorhees. So, additionally, Evangeline Lilly had a walk-on role as a high school student. 
Professional wrestler Oscar Gutierrez, better known as Rey Mysterio, was England's stunt double for a scene in Freddy's boiler room layer. The dude's like 5'6". <laughs> New Line Studio uh. chief Robert Shea, who produced every preceding Nightmare on Elm Street film, played the school principal. Hmm, I don't remember. He oh, yeah, came no, out okay, as yeah. the boys were running. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Development. I'll read a little bit of this. <laughs> Influenced by fan desire for a crossover film with a fight between Freddy and Jason, New Line Cinema and Paramount Pictures tried to make a Freddy vs. Jason movie in 1987. Frank Mancuso Jr. enlisted Tom McLaughlin to unite the studios, but no agreement could be made. When Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan failed at the box office, John asked Cunningham wanting to re- wanted to reacquire the rights to Friday the 13th and began working with New Line Cinema on Freddy vs. Jason. Paramount and New Line wanted to license the other's characters so they could control a crossover film. Negotiations on the project collapsed and Paramount made Jason Takes Manhattan. After Friday the 13th Part 8 was released in 1989, the rights reverted to Scuderi, Minison, and Barsamanto, who sold them the new line. Two years after initial talks fell apart, director Joseph Zito attempted to revive the project, but neither Mancuso or Robert Shea were interested in pursuing the project. Morons. Mm-hmm. Before Cunningham could begin to work on Freddy vs. Jason, Wes Craven returned to New Line to make New Nightmare. This put Freddy vs. Jason on hold, but allowed Cunningham to bring Jason back with Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. The ninth installment turned a healthy proge- profit. In a 1995 interview with Fangoria, Craven was dismissive of the idea of Freddy vs. Jason, saying it was taking something that had a lot of impact and dignity and dragging it down to another level. Cunningham's frustration with the delayed development of Freddy vs. Jason led him to create Jason X to keep the series alive, based on Jason Takes Manhattan's concept of taking Jason away from Crystal Lake. The 10th film put the titular character in space. The film lost its biggest supporter with the resignation of president of production Michael DeLuca. Lack of support let the finished film sit for two years before it was released on April 26, 2002. It was the series' lowest-grossing film at the domestic box office and had the largest budget of any of the films to date. Jason Goes to Hell duo Adam Marcus and Dean Lurie were courted early on, but no official deal was finalized. New Line spent a reported $6 million on script development alone from several different writers. Louis Abernathy, writer of Deep Star 6 and House 4, was the first screenwriter attached to the film. Abernathy sought to direct his script entitled Nightmare 13, Freddy Meets Jason, but his limited directing experience prohibited him from doing so. David J. Show was given an offer to write the script because he just happened to walk by DeLuca's office one day. Show revised Abernathy's script, expanding upon a cult that worships Freddy Krueger. In 1994, DeLuca passed on the draft and turned to Brandon Braga and Ronald Moore, who wrote Jason vs. Freddy, which was more of an adult tone than previous entries. The writing duo would depart the film and would be replaced by Peter Briggs, who impressed the studio with his previous crossover attempt, Alien vs. Predator. Briggs' draft saw numerous returning characters across several films. By 1996, Demon Knight scribes Cyrus Voris and Evan Reef were commissioned by Cunningham to write a new script, under the title Freddy vs. Jason Millennium Massacre with Rob Bowden, known for his makeup work on The Thing and Total Recall. Directing, New Line previously offered the spot to Guillermo del Toro and Peter Jackson to no avail. Bowden opted to drop the current draft of the script and penned his own treatment. David S. Goyer and his writing partner James Dale Robinson were subsequently hired to flush out Bowden's treatment into a screenplay. No parties involved are happy with the script leading to Goyer and Robinson exiting, exiting the film. Bowden's treatment was retained despite clashing with the studio over the film's budget. Screenwriting duo 
Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger, known for their work on King of the Hill, were selected by the director to write a new script. The draft was widely disliked at Cunningham Productions. Boaten initially considered revising the script himself, but ultimately left the film altogether. In 1999, Mark Verheden entered the project and proposed releasing the film with two different endings, one with Freddie winning and one with Jason winning. The next year, DeLuca hired Mark Protoskovich to write an entirely new script. Jason X writer Todd Farmer wrote for the film as well. Newcomers Mark Swift and Damian Shannon were hired after delivering a pitch that DeLuca was happy with in March of 2002. Goyer returned to the project once again in an effort to trim every ounce of fat from Swift and Shannon's 120-page script. Wes Craven, Guillermo del Toro, Ronnie Yu all declined the opportunity to direct the film. Rob Zombie turned the film down in favor of the Helm House of a Thousand Corpses. That was a good move on his end. <laughs> then up-and-coming filmmaker Jawon Balaguerro campaigned to direct the film. You, Ronnie Yu would on time ultimately sign on to direct the film in May of 20, 2002 after being given an enormous amount of creative freedom. Dumb. Mm-hmm. According to Swift and Shannon, several endings were considered for the film, one involving Pinhead of the Hellraiser franchise, but New Line could not or did not want to secure the rights for the character. And that's just, what, 10 years of this going on? Mm-hmm. Casting. In 1999, Robert England officially signed on to the film, marking his eighth appearance as the character of Freddy Krueger. In August of 2002, Entertainment Weekly revealed Kelly Rowland and Brad Renfro were cast in the film while Kane Hodder would reprise his role as Jason Voorhees. However, conflicting reports emerged when IGN stating that the film was looking to reinvent the character, thus ditching Hodder. Monica Keaton was selected to portray the leader's film's lead after an extensive search, while the supporting cast were made up of Canadian actors, including Catherine Isabel, Lachlan Monroe, Brendan Fletcher, Tom Butler, David Cupp, Jesse Hutch, Kyle Labine, and Zach Ward. Betsy Palmer was count courted to reprise her role as Pamela Voorhees from the Friday the 13th, but declined due to salary disputes. Actress Paula Shaw would resume the role from Palmer. Just one week before production commenced, Jason Ritter was cast in place of Renfro. Because he killed himself, right? Mm-hmm. Sad story. Yeah. Not to be that blunt, but that's what happened. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're not going to go into the Jason casting unless you want to. No. Because I think no. it's all bullshit anyway. Yeah. I think it was done uh, money and Ronnie, you being an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Box office. Freddy vs. Jason had grossed $82.6 million in the U.S. and $34 million in other territories, leading to a grand total of $116.6 million against a production budget of $30 million. The film earned $36.4 million in its opening weekend at 3,014 theaters in North America, topping the box office. It renamed number one in its second weekend, grossing $13.4 million, and dropped to sixth place in its third weekend with $7.1 million. So, it busted the bank. Yeah. So, here's some fun facts we got. James Wan was originally going to direct this film, but was already committed to directing Saul. Was too busy with other film projects. God damn you. Because <laughs> I think he could have did this. Oh, yeah, for sure. After but what again, we got with the Conjuring, Saul, and all this but shit. But again, this could have ruined him, and we never would have gotten Saul or the Conjuring. But it didn't problem. ruin Ronnie Yu, and he fucked us up heavily. Well, Ronnie Yu, I mean, but look at that. He didn't do any more, any other U.S. movies after this. He went back to his homeland. Yeah, that's true. According to Robert England, his Freddy makeup was so thick, he couldn't tell how hot the fires were during filming. When he got in to have his makeup removed, some of it had bonded to his face. Mm. Wow. That's shitty, uh, shitty stump people. Yeah. Following its release, Monica Kina and Catherine Isabel had rather choice words about the film, with Kina in particular saying that she thought the screenplay was terrible, 
No, your acting was terrible. The screenplay didn't help, but your acting was fucking shit. Freddy's afraid of fire. Jason's afraid of water. How do we use this? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was she was bad. Yeah, and that she only really signed on for the money and to raise her profile. Isabel's problems were mostly due to the fact that she didn't get along with Ronnie Yu, who tried to force her to do a nude scene, even though she had specifically requested a no nudity clause. She signed on to the film. Standing at 6'5", tall, Ken Kersinger is the tallest actor to date to play Jason Voorhees. That's wrong because, um, I mean, he is a tall... No, well, actually, Derek Mears is the tallest. Um, uh, CJ Graham is 6'5". Oh. Uh, yeah. There you go, Wikipedia. Fuck you yeah. and Ken Kersinger. <laughs> the lake at Cramp Crystal Lake was also being used to film the final scenes for X2, X-Men United, at the same time this movie was being filmed. The two film cast even stayed at the home same hotel. Hmm. Brian Singer got to appear on set during Jason's first kill to see Jason's costume and commented they got the makeup right. No, they didn't. 17 scripts were submitted, which eventually turned into one script. The producers decided for some time to go ahead with this script, but changed their minds as they could not agree with the ideas proposed. Eventually, in 2011... Damien Shannon and Mark Swift came in and created their own script, which the producers felt were much closer to the Freddy and Jason backstories. Most of the earlier scripts dealt with cults that were attempting to resurrect Freddy and Jason to come back and fight. Did it keep to the backstories? Maybe for Freddy. Yeah. This was the first Freddy movie not filmed in the United States and the filmmakers had to search for a new house that would resemble the Elm Street house from the first seven Nightmare films. How do you get that job? Like, what's that position called? Isn't it uh, like um, set uh, uh, scout? Lo- lo- location scout. Location scout. I want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Like, if I could fly and not have to go to fucking work after, and just like, uh, you know what? That looks pretty good. Let's go. <laughs> When several journalists and television hosts have tried to embarrass Kelly Rowland over her role in the film, she has always responded by saying that the film was a hit and she enjoyed making it, and therefore has nothing to be ashamed about. Good for you. Because, you know, I'll get into that after this. Just remind me about Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Robert England was excited at the casting of Catherine Isabel as Gibb, as he was a big fan of her cult film Ginger Snaps, a Canadian werewolf film. He would like that, that sick bastard. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one, in several early drafts of the scripts, two twists were considered that would have connected the past of Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. One considered a twist that Freddy either raped or a consensual sexual encounter with Jason's mother, and as a result had unknowingly fathered Jason. Another twist considered was that Freddy had worked at Camp Crystal Lake in the past and had molested Jason as a child, or was somehow connected to his drowning being a child murderer and potential sex offender, thus giving Jason a motivation to track down and kill Freddy. Both ideas were eventually dropped as producers felt they were too contrived, too contrived and dark for the film. I think they're dumb ideas too. Yeah. So what are you going to say about Jamie Lee? You know, she pisses me off. What's she do now? She's just always labeled like the best scream queen. Like, she was the first. But she never gives horror the credit. She I get- wouldn't... Technically, I wouldn't consider her... I mean, she was the first with the label. But technically, one could consider her mom. You know? Well, the, um, thank you for bringing up the mom. Okay? So, Jamie Lee Curtis has this career from Halloween. Mm-hmm. But she won't celebrate Halloween. She'll do it at her different times. Yeah. God forbid you bring her like a Halloween poster when she's signing books. Mm-hmm. Look, bitch, this movie made you. Nobody yeah, would give yeah. a fuck about your goddamn fucking book if you weren't Jamie Lee Curtis. And guess what, bitch? You got Halloween because of who your fucking mom was. And what was her mom in? A fucking horror movie. Get off your fucking ass and stop being a bitch. 
Yeah, I've heard some not so nice stories about her. One a friend shared with me, she had the I think she met her twice and it one was like at her a book signing. And if you had anything but her book, she wouldn't sign it. Why? Right. Take the fucking money. Like Yeah. <sighs> yeah, she, you know, um she I think she uses Halloween when it's good for her. And that's my problem with it. Yeah. Like when we have others like we'll say Leanna Quigley or um Amy, Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbeau or Amy uh for Nightmare to uh, uh Jason too. Amy, Amy Steele. She's everywhere. She's all about it. Heather Langenkamp, all over, all about Adrian, it. Adrian King. Adrian King, all over it, all about it. They still support all of it. Yeah. When Jamie Lee Curtis needs fucking money, she'll come do these conventions. It's a fucking joke. So yeah. I'm tired of her being listed as the top screen queen. Because guess what? I don't give a fuck about Jamie Lee Curtis. And honestly, I think Laurie Strode was weak as fuck. I said it. She I, was. I loved Halloween, but I thought she was weak as shit. Yeah, she was defenseless. It's only, if you think about it... She didn't did have me. that final girl arc. Like, Nancy, eh, to hardcore. Amy Steele, eh, to hardcore. Um, Even later Halloween people, you know, eh, to hardcore. Daniel Harris. Daniel Harris. Boom. Boom. Lisa Wilcox, Nightmare on Elm Street. Boom. Jamie Lee fucking curdled in a closet. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, you think about it. She she didn't kill Michael. Well, maim him. It was Dr. Loomis. Yeah. She might have shot him in the eyes twice, but who killed Michael? Who killed Michael Myers? Right. Dr. Loomis. <laughs> So Dr. Loomis is the better final girl. But it, that shit just pisses me off. Like I hate when people forget about where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. And she's one of the top contenders. And she's so far left, it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I don't get into that shit because I don't believe in any of it, but yeah, a lot of some of her shit is a little off the wall. Yeah. And not only that, but having the picture of the child in your room. The painting or whatever, what the photographs yeah. say about that. Yeah. So Jamie Lee Curtis, fuck you. <laughs> I know. I I don't. After all the hard, and you know, it's 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 one thing if you hear one story, but when multiple people have told me their experience, dude, so many. That. Like listening to Sean Clark, listening to the girl you met better. Everyone yeah. we've met through conventions has had some fucking horror story from this fucking bitch. Yeah. Who wouldn't be anywhere if her mom wasn't in a fucking horror movie? Yeah. Well, and plus her dad being who he was, too. Right. You know, so. And again, you know, if she. She never would have to, but if she did conventions, she would always sell out. Um, I think she. I can count on one hand how many times she's done a convention. Oh, it's like she's, she's doing Halloween 45, that thing. And that sold, sold out like that. Seven or... minutes VIP was sold out. Mm. She can keep her fucking money. I wouldn't love yeah. to do with her. Um, like Kevin Bacon. Same thing? Um, and not that he had famous family, but if it wasn't for Friday the 13th, I mean, that's where he got to start. That's where everything jumped off at. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's, but you know what? When's the last time they had a rom com convention? Oh, they don't do that. When's the last time they had a Academy Award winner convention? Oh, they don't do that either. When's uh, the last time they had a flash dance convention? Right. They don't do that. <laughs> Where's your conventions? Fucking horror. Go make yeah. your money. Stop being a bitch. Yeah. That's just I, I can't stand that. I was just reading um the young girl that was in um. Terrifier one of uh, the black haired chick. I forget her okay. name. Yeah, how are you talking about? She said she went in for the fitting for Terrifier and met Damien Leone, and she's going to be a part of it for life. She wants to do every convention she can get. She wants to do, like, that's it. That's what you do. Yep. 
But hey, you can't make everyone love it. Yep. We should have, I'm going to tell, I want Rick Paul to make Jamie Lee Curtis his dildo of the week. <laughs> I loved his first dildo of the week, though. Shout out to the whole damn enchilada oh, yeah. podcast. Um, him, I, I told him, him and Ryan Inman have really good chemistry. Yeah. I love, yes, I love their banter. I love how he gets his son on at the end. Um, like, and uh, Rick is just like, he doesn't give a shit nope. either who he offends. It's what I, what I like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his first dildo of the week, I was dying because so was the, the tie in with it. <laughs> so if you don't know what we're talking about, go on over to Spotify and check out the whole damn enchilada podcast. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. I got nothing else for this movie. You? No, I just got a migraine that won't go away, so that's why I'm not so energetic. And You'll be all right. I know. And you know what? Um, it's Friday. I don't got shit to do. We get you <laughs> high because it's Friday. We ain't got shit to do. Hey, yes. you're fired on your day off. <laughs> yeah, so uh, coming up next week, we're going to be talking to two gentlemen that are making a, um, well, they've already made a movie called Labor Day, and it was shot on, oh, I'm not sure if it was VHS or old, like, Super, it wasn't Super 8, but probably VHS. Um, Met him at the horror convention, so it'll be fun. you edit that now? Dude, you gotta, like, I don't know. I remember editing VHS back in 1998 in high school. Yeah, but you're not finding that machine anymore. Unless they have one. In a museum. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... All right. Anything cool you're doing this weekend? This weekend, no. I'm going to clean up this office. I'm going to continue our project. Nice. I'm going to edit and post this. And then Monday I drive to Massachusetts. Oh, awesome. How far away from Salem? Pretty far. Whole opposite end of the state. Oh, okay. So you're Western Massachusetts? or Yeah, just like it's taking me to Albany and then shooting over instead of going down the coast towards the coast. My, girl, my wife would kill me if I was going to Salem for a job. Oh, I know. I would not. I, I would lose my balls. <laughs> All right. All right, well, guys. This has, been fun. this has been the Horror Shed Podcast. We'll see you next Monday. Maybe the video will be done. Probably won't. But uh, keep an eye out for it because I, I it, it's going to be, for being done on a fucking phone, I think it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. But we will see you guys next week.